Good morning, Hillside. Everybody hear me okay? Good. Just for those who uh, don't know who I am, I'm, my name is Bill. I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside. And I have the opportunity today to uh, close off our summer series on prayer. And we've called this, entitled this particular series, Closer Than You Think. And I have the opportunity to have a conversation with you about conversational prayer. Conversation about conversational prayer. I have two objectives this morning. I'm hoping that it'll land for you. One is that in a way of encouragement, I want to really help you um, put some practical thoughts into uh, having conversational prayer as part of your walk with Jesus. And secondly, I want to encourage those of you who say it's one thing to have a conversation with Jesus one-to-one, but what about praying out loud? That's a whole different story. So we're hoping to get that particular piece looked after as well today. So that's where I'm going to hopefully land. But before I launch into that, I'm going to uh, do a, a recap of what we've learned so far. Now, um, it's a recap that I have remembered as I've written down notes in these typical uh, uh, these topics over the summer. But if we go back to July, early July, Rob Bentall was here to kick off the series. And he was sharing this story about the Barnabas, the retreat center, that he had a vision to build. And he talked about the significance of how much prayer played into that particular building of that retreat. And we were blessed. I mean, Mackie, you were up there this couple weeks ago, and Mackie and his family. How many people have been to Barnabas? Right, a number of you have to know that it was through Rob's, um, it was through Rob's vision and coupled with prayer that that retreat center came to be. Following um, up with uh, Rob Derwin, I encourage us not that prayer is not just about talking to God, but it's to listen to God. And one of the phrases that I remember him saying is that God's native language is a whisper. Our guest speaker, Marty Dolfer Smith, helped us understand the significance of speaking to God in lament that based upon God's character, we can bring our complaints. We can bring our arguments to God. We can cry out about our suffering to God. And what we understand, particularly in the Psalms, that we understand that God hears our prayers, that we can do that. It's safe to be able to complain to God. It's safe to be able to cry out to Him in our vulnerability. Kevin Hageman uh, was speaking um, on the Lord's Prayer. He took the account from Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 13, where Jesus instructed his followers to address God as their Father. That was revolutionary for his hearers to hear that they could talk to God in a way that a child talks to their father. And then Aaron White, just a couple weeks ago, reminded us as well that it's good that we can approach God uh, in that way. We also, uh, he reminded us that we need to approach him with wonder. And so I have, just before we launch into this, my talk today, three summaries that I, I took from this. And you probably had your own summaries, but this is how, how I kind of put those ideas together. The first thought I had 
was that prayer is not based on a formula or saying certain words that are going to bring about a desired outcome the way we want the outcome to be. Secondly, prayer is modeled in the Bible by people just like you and me. We bring our desires, we bring our dreams, we bring our disappointments, we bring our losses, we bring our complaints, and all of those things to God without any fear of retribution. And finally, in terms of a summary that I put together uh, from the talks that have been given so far, that by God's invitation, we can approach Him as a child approaches their parent, fully trusting fully believing that he has our best interest in mind. So, what do I mean by conversational prayer? Well, I'm going to break down the two words. The dictionary says that a conversation is an informal interchange of thoughts, information by spoken words, oral communication between persons. And prayer as we have discovered and continue to discover, is really talking with God, having a conversation with God. So putting those thoughts together, I've come up with this sort of definition. Conversational prayer is an informal, and I really want you to circle in your mind, underline that word informal, because that's going to come up several times in this talk today. It's an informal interchange of thoughts between an individual and God, between you and God, between myself and God. That's what conversational prayer is. My journey in conversational prayer started as a child. I was raised in a Christian family where um, it was modeled for me. Prayer was modeled for me. What stuck out to me about my parents and their prayer wasn't just what they modeled for me when we were praying and giving thanks for the meal. It was that they they put a high value on how they prayed throughout the day. It wasn't just a, a one quick prayer. It was actually prayers that they were praying. And I knew that because I saw it. I saw it modeled for me. But it wasn't just uh, my parents who modeled this. Um, Many individuals throughout the years in my six decades of being a a follower of Jesus um, have encouraged me in conversational prayer and helped me develop a framework for both understanding and practicing a conversational prayer life. Are you with me so far? Good. I'm going to take a drink. Where's my... There it is. Okay. So if you can just pause for a second, I'm going to take my drink and I'll keep going. How's that? Okay. Okay, here we go. So I talked about framework. So there's four ways that I have um, have helped me to really think through conversational prayer. The first being that conversational prayer is talking with God informally. I've just said that, right? Conversational prayer is talking with God informally. I can't emphasize enough about this point. I've got three more to go, but I'm going to talk to you a little bit longer about this point because I myself uh, have just been, I'm going through the book of Hebrews. I've just finished it, actually, which talks a lot about the high priest, what the high priest's role in the Old Testament was and how that Jesus is now our high priest. And I I have thought through this, and I said, you know, I can't just quickly go over this. I have to bring out something that we take for granted as followers of Jesus. That having a conversation with God has not always been God's MO. 
It hasn't always been that way. We, we don't know any different. We can come into God's presence anytime, any place, anywhere. But at one point in history, that wasn't the case. Before Jesus Christ came into the world to be our living sacrifice, the requirements to approach God were onerous. And I'm going to read. I really wanted, I said, Lord, do I need to get into this? But I think I need to do it to compare what I'm going to read in Hebrews to what I'm going to read just now from Leviticus chapter 16, verse 1 to 6. Listen. Listen very carefully to what was required for anyone to come into the presence of God. So this is Leviticus 16, 1 to 6. You're welcome to turn. It's not on the screen, but I'll, I'll um, just attempt to really slowly, with uh, emphasis, to understand what the Old Testament required, the Old Covenant required for people to come into the presence of God. The Lord said, spoke to Moses, after the death of the two sons of Aaron, who died when they approached the Lord. Notice that? They died when they approached the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, Tell your brother Aaron, listen to this, that he is not welcome to come into whenever he wants, wherever he chooses, into the holy place behind the curtain in front of the atonement cover on the ark, or else he will die. For I will appear in the cloud over the atonement cover. This is how Aaron is to enter into the most holy place. He must bring a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He is to put on the sacred linen tunic with linen undergarments next to his body. He is to tie the linen sash around him and put on the linen turban. These are sacred garments, so he must bathe himself with water before he puts them on. From the Israelite community, he used to take two male goats for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. And Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. <sighs> That's how it used to be. And it was, it was because God is holy. God is a holy God. We just don't get it. I don't get it. That we have this opportunity. So let's just jump now to Hebrews. And this is what the writer in Hebrews speaks so much about. First of all, I'm going to quote from, uh, I think it's up on the screen, four, Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us approach, there's that word, let us approach God's throne with, of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. Just a, bit, a few chapters later, in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 22, the writer says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, that's to us, the readers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart 
and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. That's a lot of verses, I know. And what I was, when I was reading this, I was thinking, this might just go over people's heads. And I just said, I don't understand that. There's too much, there's just too much in this, this verse, these verses. That's why I wanted to go back to the Old Testament and say, this is what it was, but this is here now. And so us even being here today, when Kevin was praying, when we were worshiping, all of this is because of what Jesus Christ has done. We can confidently come into his presence without any of what we read in the Old Testament. Do I hear an amen to that? Amen. I, do I hear another amen to that? Amen. Absolutely. If nothing else, maybe this could just be where I ended my message, but I'm not going to because there's much more to come. But I really believe, and I think, I, I tell you, I was all week just saying, Lord, how can we get this message across that we are so privileged to be in the presence, the holy presence of God this morning. This wasn't the case before. So, in terms of just understanding the framework about uh, conversational prayer, that's the first point. The second one I want to talk about is that conversational prayer is talking with God honestly. Talking with prayer honestly. The, high, the writer in Hebrews encourages us to let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. I don't think there's anyone that models that type of honesty as um, David, the writer of many of the Psalms. And, and many of the speakers of this over the summer have, have talked about David and have quoted from that. He's, he was able to come to God, yes, certainly praising him, but he came to God with his troubles. He came to God with his pain. He came to God with his suffering. He was crying out to God for shelter, for protection from danger. But one of his most authentic prayers was found in Psalm 51. When Nathan the prophet confronted him with his sin of Bathsheba that he committed, he cried out to God, please God, have mercy on me. Psalm 51, 10 to 12 says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from the presence. He was, he was concerned that he had actually stepped over the line too much that God would completely ignore him and, and turn his back on him. But he says in verse 12, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. A lot of my prayers are in journal form. I write a lot of my prayers. And why do I do that? Um, because I find that in writing note by its prayers, um, I get to look back on what I prayed. That's really the practical part of it. It's not any close, you don't get any closer to God by writing out your prayers and not. But I just have found over the years that praying in journal form really helps me. And I got to give you a little bit of background to what I'm going to share that. But, you know, many of you know, some of you don't know that we, uh, our son Kevin, have three boys, uh, three adult boys, and Kevin, our middle son, um, was discovered cancer, brain cancer, um, in uh, 2014. And so he went through uh, radiation first, and then he went through uh, two years of chemo. And he was in remission at about 215, 216, and uh, he was getting MRIs every three months. And this particular MRI, just around beginning of 2017, showed 
that there was a progress, that, that the, the cancer, they'd moved, a, they'd moved the tumor, but there was a bit of white cells around where they had taken out the, the tumor. And it began to show progress. Began to show it. And that just put us into back, just felt like we were just feeling so good and so, so pleased and so thankful. And um, when we um, found out that there was this, this shadow, they call it, on the, on the MRI, this is what I put down in my journal. Father, I'm facing an emotional and mental challenge. This was back in two, 20, January 10th, 2017. Father, I'm facing an emotional and mental challenge as we go through these next three months anticipating the results of Kevin's MRI. I really need your light so I can with hope and confidence know that you are a good, good father who is accomplishing your purposes. And I prayed many prayers like that. I want to give, for those who don't know, Kevin actually, uh, nine years later, is living. He is, is well, and uh, we're thankful for that. But during those times of darkness, I cried out, and these are some of the words that I said to God. I remember uh, growing up and hearing this particular line that said this, God is not concerned with the words as he is with the attitude of your heart. God is not concerned about the words that you say as with the attitude which you bring it. And this is what honesty is about. Bringing to God who you are. Bringing to God all of that you have. Not just kind of putting a couple of things to the side, but actually praying honestly. And I think from a human level, we know that any conversation that you have between two people that are not honest, they tend to go sideways. They tend to kind of go south when there's not honesty. So thirdly, another piece of the framework, that conversational prayer is talking with God continually. We've talked about God uh, informally. Honestly, now we talk to God in, in, uh, continually. A couple of verses. One, uh, Paul exhorts the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, say, pray continually. That's one of the shortest verses in the Bible, by the way, if you want to look it up. Pray continually. And he exhorts Colossians uh, 4.2. The people in Colossians, the readers there, say, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Because God wants our prayers to be informal and honest, because we don't need an appointment with God, we can talk to Him any place, anytime. There's no fear of the conversation stop because your battery's dead, or no concern about maybe ending the conversation because you're, there's no cell phone coverage. It's always active, always, never worried, always able to come before God. And you know, this invitation that God brings us to, into conversational prayer, it's no different than on a human level, the conversations you have with people that you enjoy talking with. Haven't you noticed that when you uh, talk with people that, um, your, your friends, your, your co-workers, your spouse, that those conversations just get picked up? You know, you might leave them for a bit, but then you come back and you just pick up from where you left off? That's with God. That's how God wants our conversational prayer life to be. And fourthly, conversational prayer is talking with God intentionally. Talking with God intentionally. 
there are times when conversational prayer requires, requires intentionality. We see this modeled by Jesus, who often left his disciples or other people he was hanging out with to pray alone. And Luke actually records this in uh, Luke 5, verse 16. He says, often Jesus withdrew to a lonely place to pray. Jesus models a very important best practice when it comes to conversational prayer. There are times when the distractions around us just make it really hard to talk to God, to have that conversation, and that we need a place to get away from the hustle and bustle of activity and the noise around us to be alone with God for an uninterrupted conversation with Him. And I can add this to time. This is where when we hear about quiet times or times where you uh, make time with God, whether it be in the morning and afternoon or in the evening, whatever time, when you're actually setting time aside, that's intentionality. That's when you have this opportunity to have that uninterrupted time. And yes, there's times where you can be talking to God and, and, and perhaps um, there are just noise around you. I'm not trying to discourage that, but I really believe there is um, some intentionality. Um, for me, I just want to say that I do it several times. I, I do it in my morning. I've got into the point in my life where um, it's the first thing I do in the morning is to find my chair. Duran does the same thing. I don't, we didn't compare notes here, but I think there's, he's on to something. We're on to something. When you've found a time what really works, I also go for prayer walks. And um, I do that because it's a great, I love getting out, especially in the office when you're sitting down at the, at, at the desk and you want to, I just want to get up at lunchtime and I go for, for walks. And I talk with God. And uh, oftentimes it's that particular type walk is really, um, uh, I usually work, work on memorizing a scripture or having scripture kind of internalize and kind of just meditate on it. But those are intentional times, and I really encourage you in your conversational prayer life to find that. If you haven't found that particular intentionality in your, in your walk with Jesus, I would really encourage you to do that. So, four pieces of the framework. Come to God honestly, come to God intentionally, come to God for the first one, which is informally, and God, uh, come to God continually. And I think that for most of us, as we're hearing these words, it's, it's, good after, it's a good reminder, Bill. Thank you very much for reminding us about conversational prayer. It's one thing, again, to talk to God with you and Him, and He and you. But it's another thing to, for some to take that conversation into the public square. In other words, to actually talk out loud. I'm, and, this, and I'm some of you, this is just like, you don't even think about it. You just actually just start talking to God. But there's some of you in this auditorium and online that would say, this is actually a really huge step for me because um, I just find it so difficult. I find it so challenging. I find it so intimidating to actually pray out loud. And then you hear people like Kevin, bless his heart, he prays this eloquent prayer, and it's so beautiful. And you hear myself, you hear Pastor Derwin, Angel, you hear all these people praying and think, oh, I can never put a string of sentence together like that. But I want to make the last part of this message to encourage those who want to take a step in that direction by just, first of all, identifying what are some of the difficulties. Why is it so difficult to take something that's a conversation that you love God? Let's assume it. You, you want to have a talk with God. But now you're in a setting where people are praying. 
and you're just sweating. You don't know what to say. Can I say it? Should I say it? Okay, so here's six reasons. I've come up with six. You probably have, have some that maybe aren't even identified. First one, you just don't know what to say. You just don't know what to say. You, you're, you're, you know, there's silence in the room, and uh, what am I going to say? Secondly, you're gonna, you fear that you sound foolish. And somehow, what's going to come out of your mouth is just going to sound so not right. It's not gonna, you're not going to have the right grammar. You're not going to have the right, uh, whatever it is, the sentence structure, it's just not going to come out right. Thirdly, it's just plain awkward. I've never talked out loud like this before. So why, I just feel awkward praying like that. Fourthly, you feel intimidated by others, as I've mentioned, who seem to know what to say and sound so coherent in their prayers. Fifthly, I don't understand why I even need to pray out loud. And lastly, but not certainly, there's certainly many more. The sixth is that, hey, public prayer is for the professionals. That's what they're hired to do. So why pray out loud? That's one of the questions that came up. Why pray out loud? Well, one reason that I suggest is that praying out loud brings us closer together as a community. Praying together brings us closer together as a community. I want to just go back to um, Philippians chapter 2. We've been memorizing that. And in verse 1, one of the encouragements that Paul brings out is that if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any common sharing in the Spirit, that, I believe, is when he talks about that expression of, of common sharing in the Spirit is when the community of believers are publicly praising God and asking God for his mercy and grace in the time of need. And that when you are praying, I was in a uh, prayer meeting just before the service and hearing different people pray, and each of them brought an element to that time that was encouraging for everybody else to hear in that room. It's so encouraging when we hear other people pray. This morning, you can imagine if Kevin got up here and he and, and, and Terry, and they just started singing, nobody sang with them. It's kind of like, you know, last time when you're having silence, you're people are praying, suddenly there's a silence. Um, what we're encouraging, just like in worship and singing, is that we want people to engage with that. Engage with that, the, the sharing of prayer. And another reason why I believe that um, it's important to pray out loud is that it brings a sense of peace and encouragement to those who hear your prayer. During the time that we were anticipating this um, MRI that was going to be um, coming up for Kevin, my anxiety hit the roof. And I was at church this particular Sunday morning. There was an invitation to receive prayer, much like we do at this service. After the sermon, there's a time to people come up for prayer. And this church I was at, they invited us to come up for prayer. And I went up to the front and shared my emotional pain with someone I had never met. And he prayed for me. And I can tell you, the sense of peace and encouragement filled my heart. That is what we can do for one another when we pray. We pray out loud. Yes, I know when you can pray quietly, when we're in a group, 
And God's hearing your prayer. But when you pray that, when you take that step out and pray for them, I mean, I don't know what he would have been praying if I, he didn't pray out loud. I know it sounds maybe just logical, but it really actually meant something to me when he was able to pray and identify my need at that time. You see, I didn't at that time have the faith nor the strength to put any string of words together. Have you been in that situation where you're just so desperately praying and you're filled with anxiety and you can't put it together, but somebody else can for you? And that's the beauty of being together in a body. That's the beauty. That's what Paul's talking about, common sharing in the Spirit, coming together and praying for each other. So I'm going to give you some tips to finish off today, some tips of how we can pray and stretch ourselves in terms of praying out loud. I think one of the best ways to do it is by practicing. Now, it sounds like so, no, so non-spiritual, like practice prayer. But when you're talking about, again, the goal here is to really encourage you to take a step outwards to pray out loud. To actually maybe take a scripture, maybe take something like the Lord's Prayer and to actually start just to, to pray that and hear your voice. That's one way you can do it. I would say another way would be that just accept the fact that you don't pray like other people. And that's okay. Um, my, we had a conversation with my granddaughter this week. She had come home from camp. And she was telling the highlights of the camp. And she said, you know, um, one thing I learned from the speaker is that prayer is just asking Jesus to help me. Keeping your prayers short is actually okay. Just like my granddaughter said, you know what? I can just pray and say, Jesus, help me. And that's what, and he'll hear that. I've mentioned already that writing down your, your, your prayers can be helpful. It can be a way, like I'm journaling, um, that just is a way that I'm connecting my thoughts with, with, with God and also being able to look back and see how he's answered those prayers or what he's done in terms of those prayers I've, I've actually asked him for. And then spend time with other Christians and listen to them and anticipate and practice in a safe environment. And that's what I want to do just for a next minute or two is just to talk about the different ways that Hillside provides opportunities for you to practice prayer out loud. First of all, we have a uh, scheduled uh, morning prayer gathering on Zoom, Monday through Friday for 30 minutes. Most of them start at 8 o'clock, but there's one at uh, Wednesday morning that starts at 6.30. And we, for 30 minutes... We just, we pray. We don't have necessarily an agenda. We just start, we have a worship song, and then we get into praying, and we let the Lord just guide us. So that's one thing I'd really encourage you to do, is to, if you find those times not work for you, why don't you find somebody else to pray with? Why don't you just invite somebody else into your life to say, hey, I want to I pray, I want to practice prayer, and be able, just to be honest with you, uh, the other person about that. I... There's nothing more, I had this vision that it wouldn't be great if we had tr just couples or, or, or tri trios of, of people coming together in their time, in their place, whatever it might be, and praying together. We have this on Sunday, on, on, during the week, but maybe there's a call to you to say, hey, I, I really want to really engage in that, but I don't, that doesn't fit my schedule. Well, make up your own schedule. And uh, practice pr uh, praying out loud. Um, join a life group. 
So this is something that is the heart and soul of this church, is life groups. And um, we just want to encourage um, you, if you're not in a life group, to um, come in and, and seek me out and, and talk about that because we want to be able to actually provide uh, ways that we can, you can connect in that way. One of the, ways that, one of the things about life groups that we, we say is that it's a safe environment. It's a loving environment. It's a trusting environment. And it's a great way for those of you who would like to say, you know, gee, I don't know if I can, you know, just talk about prayer now. If I can, how can I practice? I could practice prayer there maybe. That's an opportunity to, for me to grow in that area. I would really encourage you to do that. And I'm going to underscore again that if you wish to join a life group, I invite you to register. You can do that online. And you can also, and I'll follow up with you to get you connected in that regards. A new initiative that we're doing here in at Hillside is we're, we're doing a, we're launching a September prayer guide for our city. And you're gonna, it's going to be like this. You're going to pick it up from the back of the, of the welcome desk, and you can also find it online. And this is going to lead you, give you the opportunity for each day in September, 30 days, is to uh, pray a prayer. There's going to be a scripture provided, and there's going to be a prayer to say. And this is, again, I'm just encouraging those people who would be finding that, hey, this is maybe an opportunity for me to practice uh, praying out loud. Pray this, pray the scripture. Pray, out, pray the, the scripture has been identified, and also just praying what's been on here. There's nothing wrong with praying a script. Praying a script is good. God still hears that. Um, it's good to do that. So I want to encourage you to use uh, this and access it by either going to the back and picking it up on your way out or by actually um, going online. You can go to, um, I believe it's, uh, I'm going to actually look at it here. So it's go to My Hillside. Under the Ministries tab, there's a prayer option. And this takes you right to it. So you can kind of search around the web for that on our website and find that information. Another um, uh, way to, to engage in, in practicing prayer um, is to come to our pre-service prayer at 8.30. Um, as I, I mentioned to you already, this is something that I, I did today and joined with others. And uh, it's a great way to, again, hear others pray, but also participate and engage and practice prayer in that regards. And the last um, point I want to make as I conclude today is I want to talk to you about Alpha. And you say, now, how, Bill, how does that work? You're always trying to get Alpha in every time you talk. Come on, Bill, how does that work? Well, here's how it works, okay? Uh, Alpha is uh, a nine-week um, series, sessions, on learning about the Christian faith. And it talks, it has many topics, but one of them is prayer. And in this particular uh, session, this particular episode, um, it really uh, teaches us about how do we pray, why do we pray, and again, gives some practical illustrations. And again, at that particular time in the session, about when you're in about maybe week six or seven, you've already got to know one another, you've kind of engaged, and got connected with each other, and it's becoming a safe environment for you. And so at that particular time, the host um, would invite folks to pray out loud. And this can be just really, really challenging for folks who are coming and they've never prayed before. Um, but this, again, the Alpha Course does provide that. And if you're interested in the Alpha Course, and we're, uh, registration is now available. You can go online and register. 
We were starting up our September fall alpha on the 20th of September, so it's just around the corner. So, here we are at the end of the message. Whew. So here, here's some, I really wanted to make this morning practical. I hope it was. I hope that it put some feet to prayer and put some, some ways that, and, and many, you know, as you've heard the message this morning, perhaps, perhaps you've heard these things and it's just reinforced what you already know or maybe you've learned something new. Whatever is the case, I trust that the Spirit of God will uh, empower you to pray conversationally with God, to know how privileged you are and we are to be able to come into his presence, his holy place, right here, at home, on your walk, wherever you might be, to talk with God. And ask Kevin to come up.